Welcome to episode one of the RaptorCast, the podcast where in approximately 18 minutes or less, you catch up on 28 years of research for all things Jurassic Park. Today, we're covering the popular Netflix show, Camp Cretaceous. So we start off with the Isla Sorna map appearing on the screen, and we hear someone saying Isla Nublar. So other than that, there are a lot of audio cues that come up every time we see the raptors. That includes quite a few things. There's those little screech noises that they always make. Other vocals, like uh, raptor vocals. And then there's the music also. So I have a question. Did you think starting off that this was a video game? I personally didn't think it was a video game. I didn't think they were going to start us off running in a jungle, but it's pretty interesting the way they started it. I'm happy. I'm quite happy with it. What do you think? Uh, it was pretty uh, nice. Um, also, Dr. Mary Weather's outfit looks very similar to Indiana Jones. Yeah, I, I can see that. It's... Uh, Kind of a take on uh, Muldoon, the guy from Jurassic Park 1 that eventually gets eaten by the raptors. True. The, the one raptor handler there. He kind of looks like that. Just kind of spruced up and made into a modern thing, but the hat and the shorts and stuff. So we move on and we see that it is a video game. When uh, And Darius, the main character, the first person we get to see, uh, is sitting in his room. Turns out Darius is a huge nerd about everything dinosaur-related. His room's completely covered in dinosaur merch. So you got toys, you got uh, posters on the wall, you have a reoccurring Sinoceratops sticker, you have paint-your-own-dinosaurs? Those look super cool. I want one of those. And a Conksoft Nafis clock. And there's a poster of blue on the wall. It's we hear Darius's interaction with his brother uh, Brand. I'm assuming Brandon, but Brand. Uh, Brand doesn't think he can win the game. He says he's just a dino nerd. Actual gamers say that he, they can't win it. Kind of feels like he's uh, he has no faith that Darius is going to be able to win this game. He's like, you're you're not going to win this. So. Darius is like, fine, you know, I'll go to sleep. And then he wakes up in the middle of the night, runs to his bookshelf covered in dinosaur books and grabs one particular volume from Dr. Grant, we're assuming, right? Because it mentions the Velociraptor Resonating Chamber, which is a direct reference to Jurassic Park 3. Um, so he wins the game, yay Darius, and then we see Mr. DNA pops up on the screen. And sometimes animals that went extinct millions of years ago, like dinosaurs, left their blueprints behind for us to find. We just had to know where to look. Bingo. Dino DNA. On the screen, just as low resolution as he was in the 1990s. Uh, they didn't try to spruce him up at all. They just took him right there. The graphics are just as bad on Mr. DNA as they were when we first see him in Jurassic Park 1. True. They're like, we're not going to fix this up at all. We're not going to make him 3D. We're just going to leave him. And it's actually kind of great 
because you're seeing all these shiny buildings in the background with Jurassic Park and the logo and it's all fancy. And then it's just this tiny, tiny little old looking 2D character on the screen. But I, you know, I think it's pretty, I like it. Um, and after we meet all six campers and we finally get to get in the truck, Let's introduce the campers. We got um, Darius, Brooklyn, Kenji, Yasmina, Sammy, and Benjamin. Yeah, Dino Nerd Track Star, Internet Girl, Barfy, Texas, and Kenji, who I don't think really got a nickname at the beginning. Just what I think his nickname should be. I think it should just be Super Rich Man. But he's not rich. His dad's rich. But his family's rich. So I feel like we also meet the two camp counselors. We meet Dave and Roxy. I feel like Roxy is the teacher that's cool. Like she's like a cool teacher without trying to be cool. And Dave is just the the co-head counselor who's trying to be cool. Yeah, he's like <laughs> that teacher in school that always tries to be cool and like use the the current language and stuff. But then just kind of does his own thing and it doesn't really <laughs> work out for them. The way I noticed that is by the um, yellow uh, uh, headband he wears. Yeah, it's Dave's a, a pretty great character. He's just kind of, he's just there because he enjoys dinosaurs and he was probably, I don't know, he, I don't think he applied for this job. I think he was just working there and he was like, sure, I can't. Yeah, I'll, I'll work. I'll do that. <laughs> I don't think he specifically applied to be a camp counselor. It, like, applied for the job to be a camp counselor here. Um, so, other than that, first thoughts, we named the, the main campers and the kids. Uh, first thoughts on the characters. Who do you really relate to the most? Uh... But I'd probably say I'd relate to Darius the most. Well, I mean, we all want to relate to Darius the most because he's the main protagonist of the show. Sure. Um, he's the one that the plot's following his story the most. And we're supposed to want to feel like we relate to him because we're all dinosaur nerds. If you're watching this show, most likely you're, you love dinosaurs also, so... We all want to relate to him. So was that it? Just Darius? Uh, sometimes I kind of feel more like a Ben. <laughs> Just kind of... Kind of being caught. Kind of not wanting to things to kind of change. Hmm. So do you also have a nerd pouch full of hand sanitizer and terrible vegan snacks? Oh, no. <laughs> I never eat that. Um, I honestly think I'm kind of more Yasmina. Not as, you know, actively fit as she is, but <laughs> then I don't necessarily want to be around your cameras. I'll just kind of sit off and do my... Uh, drawings, not scrapbooking. Not a big fan of cameras or people. <laughs> oh, and, and basically the opposite. Um, I'm kind of sometimes I'm more of a Sammy. 
just kind of wanting to get to know people. We will have some conversations about Sammy later. That is um, not a good story. Yeah. <laughs> so, but we see them on the car ride. Compies are back on the scene. And after we see the compi, we hear music that sounds very similar to the ACU song. Yeah, it does sound kind of similar because, um, well, I mean, they are on a park vehicle. It's not like they're taking the monorail, but they're in a just a, a Jeep uh, taking the back roads of Jurassic World. They're not. They're kind of getting the behind the scenes look even now. So the ACU theme kind of makes sense. Um, right. So we see the copy, the copy attacks. Who do you suppose had the girlier scream, Kenji or Darius? Which I mean, the copy actually jumps on Darius, but Kenji's. Kenji has quite an interesting reaction to um, it. Even though Kenji says he's been on the island uh, however many kajillion times, I'm gonna say Kenji just because he's kind of just wants things his way. So we go, they have that iconic scene with the rippling of the the puddle based off of the scene in Jurassic Park 1 and with the little cup. But then it's zipline party time, according to Dave. So uh, Darius is up there. He's naming all these dinosaurs. He's naming the Stegosaurus, the Brachiosaurus. Perisarophus, Ankylosaurus, Sinoceratops. Yeah. And then... Poor Kenji tries to kind of step in and contribute and look cool. And then he gets totally outshone by Darius. <laughs> Kenji's like, look at those brontosaurus. And he's like, no. They don't have they that don't, here. They don't have those. Common, common mistake. So you don't know anything. <laughs> so he's he's trying to cut or the just trying not to make him look so trying not to make him look so uh make him look like he doesn't know anything about dinosaurs. Yep. He just is there. Which, I mean, he kind of gets back at Darius a little bit later when he tries to stop him from sneaking out. He's like, but, uh, no, poor, uh, poor Kenji just gets completely shut down right here. That's quite funny. And also, not long after that scene, the so-called copy pen is really the raptor pen holding Blue, Charlie, Delta, and Echo. And the sign to help us know to help us know this looks exactly like the sign at the raptor pen in the original Jurassic Park. It it does look very, very similar. Um okay. Kind of the final questions, because we're reaching the end of the episode. Why is their camp so close to the raptor pen? Like that they can see the lights coming through the jungle. Like not even Mr. VIP Kenji knew that they had, like based on his expressions when he falls in and he sees blue coming at it, like coming at him and realizes that this isn't the comp even. He looks like, what, what is this? Like he didn't even realize they had raptors there. Well, I'm assuming he's never been in the um, restricted area on the island. So then he wouldn't know. And 
and I'm assuming their camp is in the restricted area and the lab is in the restricted area so nobody can get in there. Yeah, but that's my point. Like, why are they letting these kids be next to all the big, scary carnivores that they can't even show to the public anymore? Like, Rexy, they have in the main park. But these are dinosaurs that people aren't supposed to be seeing. Why did they put this group of rebellious kids who are never going to listen to the rules right next to all these dangerous things. This seems like a really bad idea, just the location of the camp in general. I mean, it's a bad idea, but that's the whole kind of the whole point of the show. Bad decisions. That's that's why it makes the show enjoyable. But also, um, I think this may be a stupid idea, but maybe it's just because they what if some other person or what some other kid who want whose favorite dinosaurs are raptors or carnotauruses, they come they want and they knew it was in the restricted area, so they so they tried to be a camper and went in there, they wouldn't know they would have to stay out the restricted area. And they probably have a gate like uh Zach and Gray have to go through to get to the main park and when all the dinosaurs from the aviary escape. But they, it seems like it, it seems like they got through without much trouble. It was like a, a leisurely jog in the park 65 million years ago. But uh, <laughs> but they just walked right across and then they were there. There was no overnight security. No one's really around. They sneak past the one guy who looks like he was going home for the night. There's no one stopping these kids from messing with these these velociraptors. There's literally True. no security. Well, that's why they have the double fences. Yeah, they have the double fences, but it seemed like it was super, super easy to either fall in or climb over. We saw someone fall in really easily in Jurassic World with the, uh, the raptor, the young raptor handler. And then Darius, or not Darius, but Kenji first. Uh, Kenji just climbs right over like it was no problem. But, um, yeah, he just hops over like it's no problem. Just, and then Kenji too, or like Darius too, just jumps down. Seems like that's a pretty short wall. Oh, and another uh, thing, when Darius starts to break the a steam pipe to try to keep the raptors busy with the steam. That's clearly kind of a callback to Jurassic World, Jurassic Park 3, when, uh, can't remember the kid's name, uh, disorient the raptors. Kind of throws- Eric? Eric? Eric, yeah. Yeah. Eric, uh, tries to, he, Throw some uh, steam bombs. That does seem like a good callback. So thanks for listening and bearing with us on our first episode. Look out for the next episode where we'll give our opinions on episode two of Camp Cretaceous coming soon.